podcast? Yes. Oh, we're getting bored of this now, aren't we? What, the podcast? Yes. Yeah, I hate the idea of podcasting. <laughs> I was really enthusiastic about doing podcasts for a little bit. And then as it's gone on, I've kind of thought, oh, I hate, now it's just a chore. And, you know, I drag people, you know. To be honest, because actually we're kind of more on the A-list of guests now. I mean, like, because before, it's like some of them are like, Ros, yeah. you know, she's got a prize. Yeah. But like some of the other people we had, just mates of ours, mm. you know. And now, like last week, we had people who've been on, like Monochrome set there, famous, yeah. because used to be in there. You've been all over the country with Robin Ince. Mm-hmm. Like, so, but, but yeah, so despite the fact that we're moving up in the world, mm. I am feeling less enthused than I ever have. <laughs> I'm not. I think it's brilliant. I'm having a great time. Do you like the podcast? I do like it, yeah. I like yeah. that I consistently am un- unable to write anything that sounds like a jingle that isn't from Radio 4, so I keep talking. Radio 4, Radio 4, Radio 4, that sort of thing. The thing is you hate Radio 4. I do really hate it. Yeah, it's not <laughs> my cup of tea at all, no. I don't, I don't, really don't like it. I don't really like the BBC, to be do honest. Well, like, I, 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 I don't mind things like children's television, but I um, I find that BBC News a bit Oh, yeah, bit oh, difficult. well, especially now when they're, with the sort of everyone wearing a fucking poppy. Without, you know, I was going to ask you about that. Why well, do you so hate? Why we'll do you get, hate? We'll get, to, we'll get to ask you about. Let's introduce him <laughs> first. Ladies we have with us Philip Jays. Yay. Is Philip correct? Or Phil? Okay, you don't mind. That's not that's no, no. When you're not on mic, I've heard people say, "Don't call him Phil." No, he, no, no. He, he, he hates you know, that. You know, you know, you know what that was. That was purely <laughs> because. And if Robin is listening to this, then then he'll find this out for the first time. Is that when I when I went on tour with Robin? Yeah. It was so brilliant. That he asked me to go on tour. Mm. There are, uh, um, and then he's he started introducing me as Phil Jays. <laughs> and I would say, it's just like, it's just, I, 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 it's a horrible example, but it's like Robbie Williams. Yeah. You wouldn't introduce him as Rob Williams. When you spent a lifetime... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's... A, you, it's I'd call it's, him you, Fat you, Bob Williams. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, that'd be fair enough. I'd like that. Will <laughs> 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 be blubber. But um, uh, that that's all it was. It was just like like you're trying to sort of create a, a brand in some way. So the, the 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 title of what I do is just mm. I'm I'm not even really Jay's, am I? My real name's Phil Harris, so I'm Phil Harris. But but for the brand of what I do, brand. I am Philip Jay's, and it's sort of like rolls better than Phil Jay's. And yeah. so that was the only thing. So like if you're going to advertise me on a bill, you know, doing a gig with you or whatever, yeah. just call me. Philip Jays, mm. but 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 in everyday existence, everybody calls me Phil. Or yeah, I, I definitely do. I was <laughs> yeah. completely prepared for you to trash my house because of it too. So I yeah. was very yeah. careful I, to get the Wikipedia. No, 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 no that, and I think that was misunderstood because yeah. then suddenly people started calling me Philip. And then I came up with the idea of finding a name like Robin Williams or like indeed like Robin Ince. You know, Mm. you won't introduce ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Rob Ince because everybody knows him as Robin Ince. That's just the way that he's known. So so that's all it was. But no, no, I don't don't want to come over as some sort of precious twat. You have to call me this. But I think you should (laughs) double down on it. I mean, I think you should now, you should totally cultivate that you are a difficult man. (laughs) <laughs> because I mean, I often, you know, I think people go into the business of uh, performing, and they think that being nice and pleasant to people will ultimately see them well. I yeah. don't think it does because you meet horrible twats who are really successful. Yeah, yeah. So I think you should just cultivate. Well, the but twat but, thing. but I, I think to a degree, actually, being but have, having the character of somebody who 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 let's say has potential to be an utter twat mm. is probably very helpful to you in a I want to be rich and famous sort of situation yeah. in that sort of scenario because it, yes yes you are absolutely determined you are going to get where you want to be regardless of anybody else and if you have that mentality you probably will get where you want yeah. to be it's like 
my for people who don't know my main income is running comedy clubs and uh, there are some absolutely fantastic acts on the circuit yeah. that you will never see on Michael McIntyre or anything like that because they're 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 too nice or they're they're not the right sort of sort mm. of person. But actually, I, I've, I'm not I'm not trying to malign Michael McIntyre because I never actually met him. But um, you can malign him. Yeah, I mean, just well, malign not, even, not having met him. If we're well, going if, if this is day one of cultivating a new twat image, I yeah, malign yeah, everyone. Yeah. Who well, he has a, He's not he's not well liked by circuit comedians who there, there was a thing where, where oh, he, 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 he well, well he that, goes, oh, i don't want to malign him but well, you know other well, people have said no, well, he is well, a shit well there, there, <laughs> there, well there was a there was a thing uh, um not so long ago wasn't there, where he, he won a prize at the uh, the itv uh, comedy awards was it whatever and uh, um and it might have been Stuart lee or somebody said something uh, vaguely insulting about him or uh, you know and there's a lot of negative um a lot of negative energy Going, going his way, yeah. and uh, and then people said, oh, it's just because you know he's been successful and these other comedians haven't. Mm. And um, some of the other comedians sort of said to me, to be fair, we never liked him before. It's not like we've suddenly started not to like him now that he's got famous. That we never like. That's you one know. of those awful situations, isn't yeah. it? Where anything that you say against it's, them is bitterness. Yeah, and, yes, it's and just kind of like be. actually. You know. Yeah, I remember when I was a child, I had a melody. Ma- well, not child, teenager. I had like a pack of car- like trop trumps that came free with melody maker, right? And it was all the all the stars of the of the bands that you know when I was a teenager, and it, on, one of the clubs was Miles Hunt from the Wonder Stuff, and in, in place of the H on the name Miles Hunt, right. they just put an asterisk, giving the impression yeah. that, that Miles was not like was you know, <laughs> was a bit of a, of a hunt with an asterisk. Yeah. Um, played a gig with uh, Miles Hunt a few weeks uh, a few years ago. Uh, I was glad to say that he did not disappoint. Me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I think, to be fair, I think he. I mean, it, you, I think he was having a bad day. But yeah. if he'd been lovely, I'd have been really upset. Yeah, I'd have been, oh, yeah. I've been lying to you by making top trumps cards. But but I don't, you know I don't I just I I can't understand the mentality of people who feel the need to be. But I suppose they don't feel the need to be. I suppose they just are tossers. I think but, that's it. I mean, yeah, if you, if you yeah. but I mean, I think blind ambition as well. Like the world is kind of set up for people who are blindly ambitious. Yeah. Like if you, yeah. and and also it's definitely in England, especially it's definitely set up to praise those who are blindly ambitious who go to private schools mm. as well. You know, it's nothing to do with the private school; it's to do with the fact that I am really ambitious. And you're like, mm, I don't think that's true. Mm. I don't think that's true. I think it's defence against not being that good. I mean, I genuinely yeah, yeah, think totally. you, you tend to meet people who are really good at what they do, and they tend to be nice. Mm. And then you meet people who are sort of quite good at what they do, but. And but believe they're brilliant at what yeah, they do, and yeah. their whole identity is based around well, you know I'm amazing, even though the deep down they know they're not amazing, so they have to be dicks to everyone. Yeah, and I because th- I, th- I can't think of anyone who I genuinely like their work who I've met, apart from Miles Hunt, who I really do like his work, yeah. and but I, I think he was just having a bad day. Yeah. But people who I genuinely respect and like what they're doing tend to be lovely-ish. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think I could I could um, yeah. agree with that in the main. Yeah, so and I think yeah. there are mixture people as well. I mean, there are people who kind of. Have, have days when they but you know there's yeah. also to a certain extent there are people who you get to a point and you get to an age where you start panicking about it and then you mm. will do anything I mean that's in that's in extras isn't it in yeah. extras yeah. like where you know yeah. it's desperate and then but like I think I think that desperation is kind of much more poignant with people who don't necessarily exist in the top the top of the class system because it kind of because mm. you if you well, don't you kind of really have you really have an understanding of how they're feeling like you kind of go I, I completely get what you're feeling here mm. like it's not you know I'm in by no means working class mm. but I can I can appreciate the sentiment definitely I, th- I just I, I, I think that there is a sense of entitlement 
about people like Cameron and Osborne and people who have been at the very, very top of the uh, educational system, there's a sense of I belong. And you find with those people is that, that um, somebody like me, I, I'm incredibly um, um, self-conscious and, 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 um, and, and not, uh, not so confident. Yeah. And I think it, those people, they don't seem to suffer any sort of lack of confidence at all. No, they but just the seem to think that, that happens that to them. It's the one thing private school teaches you. They, but they I went to private school, really? right? Yeah, yeah, I went, well, until I was 16. You should have paid more attention. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you see, I think, I think that my, my problems really come from um, my parents splitting up. I think that that's... Right. And, and also the fact that I never... I didn't really belong in a private school. Mm. And when I was 16, I, I went to Eastbourne College. When I was 16, when I left, at my yeah. own volition... Uh, my housemaster said to my mum when I was I was we were stood there saying goodbye to him. He said, "I think it's best for both of us that Philip leaves." <laughs> well. I didn't. I just didn't fit the mould, you know, because yeah. I didn't. I, 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 I eventually I was getting the blame for everything. Things that I, I wasn't even connected with. Yeah. I was getting blamed for just because yeah. well, it was probably him, yeah. you know, just because I wasn't part of that that system. I mean, I I had I, I had I suppose a um, relatively uh, a, a good education, but. Um, I, I, it See, I don't me. think it is a good education going to private school because I don't. Depends think if you're talking a, about a I, social education or. A, I think it's a weird thing that there is this assumption that going to private school means you get a better education. But I can't. I mean, I, I know my mum's a teacher, and I know that you know she would look at the teachers who have chosen to be teachers in that mm. room and go, "Well, they're doing that because they're not as good. Mm. You know, they've chosen that because it's easier." Mm. And you know, there is this small class size, but generally, I think probably what you're actually learning, you're not getting a better education. You're just being told that you're special enough. And also, what, all what, the parents they have an incentive because they're paying to be yeah, involved in but, the school but, and the board. What you said, what you said then, is, 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 is actually I think very pertinent. The fact you have smaller class sizes, mm. so if, even if the teacher isn't quite as good, he has more time to actually direct his effort directly at you. Mm. Uh, and so, even if, he, if he's a slightly worse teacher, you still get a chance to learn. But you know, for, for yeah. me, I passed my French O level simply because. The teacher I had for the last year was a different teacher. The teacher I had before that, and he was a very good teacher. And the teacher I had before that wasn't a very good teacher. Right. And I was talking to this, uh, I was talking to somebody about this just recently. How it's um, it, it, it's really horrible how you can pass or fail an exam purely because of the teacher, yeah. but also that your interest in any given subject can be Entirely either really stoked yeah. up or, or yeah, utterly totally. destroyed yeah. by by a good or a bad you teacher. School in Brighton, you're interested in the arts. Mm. You're not really interested in the sciences. Mm. I'm massively interested in the sciences now, yeah. Yeah. but I wasn't then, and and that no. definitely is is because it's geared in yeah. a certain way. And I think that's a shame. We're talking a lot about education we policy are. here on the Indicus. <laughs> we should probably mention who Philip is. Philip and is. exactly, I'm, Philip. I'm just going to keep moving. Yeah, that's all right. No, that's fine. Philip. I don't mind. I, <laughs> just, I'm, for I'm, those people, for those people who don't know, my mate Phil. He's a <laughs> he's a geezer. He's a geezer. <laughs> From the he's East a, End yes. of Eastbourne. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he's a singer-songwriter, however much that term is prolific. That's a horrible no. term. Um, yeah, writes and performs songs. Don't mind. Yeah. Writes and performs songs in a style close to the tradition of French chanson, but in the English language. His main influences are Wikipedia they? Again? I, I am Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> I didn't have time to um, write my own. But I'm you sorry. know what he does. I yeah. know what he does, you but I wanted to make it. sure that I said chanson correctly, and I, <laughs> and obviously influenced by, presumably influenced, probably influenced by Jack Brel and Jake Thackeray. Influenced by Jack Brel. Yes. Yeah, and actually, and not, and not not really uh, influenced. I, I I hugely admire Jake Thackeray, but not influenced by Jake Thackeray. Uh, 
don't so, sound anything like Jacques. No, but uh, but until actually just the last few years, because right. um, um, I was just influenced by Jacques Brel really, and and sort of various uh, pop yeah. perhaps prior to that. But there was a bloke called Edmund. Edmund Chateau he used to come to a lot of gigs, and um, he he made me up like like a a, a tape of s songs by different people he think he thought mm -hmm. that I would like, and um, and he says, well, you might not like that, you might not like that, but I'm sure you like Jake Thackeray, mm -hmm. and I sort of I didn't really give it much of a listen, I sort of half-heartedly, and didn't really yeah. pay much attention, and then yeah. he kept on going about at me, going, but didn't you like Jake Thackeray? And I was going, well, I, I don't know, yeah. and uh, and and then one day I was in. Um, I was in Guildford in a second-hand record shop when, when we still listened to records, and uh, I found a Jake Thackeray album. Yeah. And it was only a couple of quid, and I thought, oh, fuck it, he keeps going about it, I'll buy it. And it was Jake's progress, and I got up and listened to it, and I just thought it was just phenomenal. Yeah. So it was really down to yeah. Edmund that he kept going on yeah. and on about it, and well, then I thought, I've got I, to listen to it. Because I love him, but I'm fairly sure I only know he exists because of you. I'm fairly sure of that, which means thanks to Edmund. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and me, yeah. because but, of Simon and, and but, the but, long but, line. But the, yeah, because you've done for Edmund as well. Totally, yeah, I yeah. think you're the only, so I don't think anyone else has said you should be listening no. to Jake. No, no. But as a kid, uh, I was aware of him because he was on That's Life with mm -hmm. uh, Esther Ransom, if you ever saw yes, that. Like, yes, yeah. right. so, so he would do, but he would tend to do a topical song. So the mm. songs that, that he was doing were perhaps, you know, they were just to get um, maybe a, a quick laugh that week, yeah, and, and that was it. They didn't. I, I can't say they didn't have the same depth because I wasn't really paying that much attention. But I'm um, guessing, but based yes, on the, yes, the, the setting, yes, but but the presence yeah. of. Yeah. But he was obviously very good at doing doing like last minute songs like that. But um, that the the depth in his songs is just I just think just beautiful. I do actually, but my my um, my favourite is the ball, which mm. is such a, a, a clever song. But there are so many that are so good. Actually, here's a good question. What would if so? It's, it's Jake Thackray, so it's T H A C K R A Y yeah. for anyone interested. Mm. What would be the song you'd recommend for someone to get them into? Because I've had this discussion about Morrissey, like because someone they wanted to force someone else to like Morrissey and they didn't. And it was like, what song would you force them to listen to over and over again that was most likely to get them into Morrissey? And mm. I think we decided Ask was the one. Like, yeah. Ask me, ask me that one. Yeah. But if you, if if someone was resistant to Jake Thackeray, like, this is the song. Listen to this. And if you understand that, then you'll. Well, I mean, I I think the Bull is a is a very very clever song because it's funny and makes its point very well. Um, the, the ballad of Billy Kershaw, you know, ballad of Billy mm -hmm. Kershaw, is just I mean that that again is is it, it's, a, it's it's a it's a brilliant song because it's um um uh, for people listening it, it's basically about a, a a man called Billy Kershaw who is brilliant at sex and uh, and his <laughs> uh, and he would shag all the local women and 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 their husbands rather than being upset would be delighted because they would be cured of, of any problems <laughs> they have and they'd be relaxed and happy and everything and. Uh, but at the end of the song, the twist, well, not the twist, but the point is at the end of the song, he says, um, but uh, if, you're, if you're different mm. or meek or queer, as mm. he puts it, mm. um, line up, line up, and we'll do to you what Billy used to do to them. And it's a really nice little twist, you know. Wow. It's just like really, and uh, he said himself, he said, I like to write, you know, these sort of like funny, happy little songs, and then when people are least expecting it, lob in a hand grenade. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's, it's really... I think you definitely very, managed very, to do that as well. But of course, Jake did. Thackeray was hugely influenced, really, by by Georges Brassens, right? Because he he Jake Thackeray went to live in France and and taught um, English as a foreign language in France. Mm. And if you hear Jake Thackeray singing in French, he's translated some of his own songs into French, and he mm. sings some George Brassens songs in French. Yeah. He's got a brilliant French accent. Mm. He obviously really? had a way with language. Because I, I think if it was someone in the odd voice category. 
I, yes, I, I like the idea yes. of little French children running around speaking English. Like <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> Strange sort of clipped Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen you've been to that school as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I have a bar. <laughs> Get out. Um. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Like so that is who you are? Yeah. You are. No, that yeah. is who Jake Thackeray is. Oh, yeah. Jake yeah. Well, I went to live in France in 1980. Uh, when I was 18, out of art school and uh, ostensibly to paint. Mm-hmm. I went to Arles in the south of France and uh, oh. Arles, uh, yeah, and cut a very, because Van Gogh had, had lived in Arles mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people were very nice to me, which enabled me to stay. And uh, and then I started hearing these songs by um, this bloke called Jacques Brel. And then um, having never sung before, three years later when I was 21, I came back to this country. My mum uh, had been an opera singer and mm-hmm. I asked her to teach me to sing. And uh, and she taught me to sing, and um, I started writing my own songs. Yeah. And here we are today. <laughs> so few people that we, I asked that question would have actually learning to sing in their story. Mm. Well, because... It's important, because it's something that obviously I've, I kind of feel like I've done, but over the last ten years... Well, I'd tell you I why. Don't. It's because I've got two brothers, yeah. uh, an older brother and a younger brother, and both of them sing naturally very nicely and sang in a choir mm-hmm. at school. And uh, when I was young, if I didn't get what I wanted from my mum, if I didn't get my own way, I would threaten to sing to her and actually did <laughs> sing to her. And it was so awful that uh, um, I wouldn't stop until she gave in and she gave in quite quickly because I didn't have any natural singing voice at all. Right. Um, so when I came back uh, um, when I was 21 and I said to her, do you think you could teach me to sing? She went, mm, probably not, <laughs> but we'll give it a go and see what happens. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah. And I think you can teach almost anybody to sing, not necessarily sing well, but you can teach them the techniques of breath. And yes, that yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I've that, that met is... plenty of people who cannot sing, who do theatre, mm. dance, that kind of thing, yeah. and sing. The notes are there. And but, they, they do, there but there is that and, sort know. of voice that's, that's that Ewan McGregor in, in that Moulin Rouge mm. sort of voice where it's like a very flat, I have learned to sing. Definitely. But, but, yeah. but you, don't sing, I mean, you don't sing like that at all. Well, I... Yeah, I, I, I do have, I do find like that sort of stage school voice yeah. quite horrible to listen yeah, to. So they all sound the same, they and do. it's all. But I, I, I don't know. I think, I think that um, I think it was Jarvis Cocker who, who said, who said that uh, um, if he if he went on the X Factor, he get he get nowhere because mm-hmm. with the voice that he's got, this go, well, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. They're not a rewarding character. No, at no, all, no, no exactly. And I, and I think that that. Actually, because I don't have a natural singing voice, that I was sort of obliged to go my own way with what I had, yeah. with what was available to me, and make the most of that. So, uh, and also, I probably wasn't trying to sing like Christine Aguilera or whoever. I was yeah. trying to sing no, like Jacques Brel. I would pay, pay to hear that. <laughs> 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 so would I. I do think that'd be good. Knock out the handyman. I've attempted it. I'm quite a good singer now. I think. Mm. Like, I think mm. I've probably. I've definitely got better. I mean, I, I, when I when first started the band, I kind of thought of myself as absolutely not a singer in any way, and I was like singing because it was about the attitude and words, and that was the yeah. only thing I cared about. And I was like, I don't consider myself a singer. I'm I'm not good at it. I'm just doing it anyway. And you know, punk rock and fuck you. And I, I, over the last, I kind of feel these days, I kind of now will bother to sing on stage. Yeah. In a way that I didn't used to. Yeah, you sing, but you've got more control as well. But that's the thing totally. that you learn, and isn't I've it? also gone deeper. I think I'm, like I've done, I like I reckon two notes deeper than myself, which mm-hmm. I makes me feel a lot more confident. Yeah. And you find as you go um, techniques to help you 
sing higher notes or lower notes, whatever mm. you want to do, just by working at it. Yeah. And we adrenaline, like, lots of gigs. Yeah. Just, the, the adrenaline fear. kicks in. Fear, the stuff yeah. I can't yeah. sing in the house, I can sing on stage. Freaking yeah. people out with a high, proper high yeah. note that makes your head buzz. That yeah. that is the, quite an yeah. incentive because you know that people will kind of go. Yeah, but <laughs> and then if you do it, if you do it for too long, they'll kind of they'll their face. Will, I should have said what my face is. Stop that. Stop that but but that's quite a fun incentive if you've done lots of gigs and things. Yeah. Just, you, you kind of. I I basically learned how to sing better by singing along with power ballads. I think because hmm. like the thing about power ballads is it's all especially eighties ones. It's all about like being sort of unpleasantly loud and and brash. Yeah. But if you practice doing that, you get a lot of control of your voice you, you know what you're able to do you're, you're, you've kind of worked out how loud you can possibly get and I have to say so like, like when I after my mum had taught me to sing and, and breath control and, and all the rest of it and you know singing up, up, up and not in your throat so you don't lose your voice mm-hmm. I think, and when I listen to bands like that I listened to as a kid like Deep Purple mm. how the fuck does that bloke do that yeah. how yeah. does he make that sort of noise which I think sounds really nice it's great for yeah. what he does it's, it's great how the fact did he do that sort of that screaming out noise and not lose his voice? Because mm. I, I read a thing when they said that when the Sex Pistols were, were recording Nevermind the Bollocks, that, um, that uh, Johnny Rotten would sing for a day and he'd lose his voice yeah. and he couldn't be able to sing again for a few days and he'd have to come back and do it again because it was so well, snarled. I, I mean, I used to sing like that more on stage. I mean, I used to much more scream and stuff. And I think actually we'd, we'd turn, it'd be like day three or four, I'd be like, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but then you'd kind of break through it and something would snap and you'd mm. then be able to do the rest of the... So like you definitely, you definitely sort of lose it, lose it, and then once you did it enough times, it would get through. But yeah, it really hurts. I'm like, yeah. That's the, the thing that I found with um, um, we were talking earlier about about how close I might have to sit to the microphone to sing, and that I can't get any volume in a lower register. Mm. Is that if I feel like if I'm singing, for instance, in a room without a microphone, and I think shit, people can't hear what I'm singing when I'm singing low yeah. down, then I just tend to start shouting and mm. I lose my voice very, very right. quickly. It just goes very... As soon as I start... If I'm not singing properly, yeah. I think some people have a much stronger voice. Somebody who, who, who has a very impressively loud voice without a microphone is um, Tom Robinson. Right. Like, he just has a naturally loud voice mm. and he, he sings really loud even without a, a, a microphone. Yeah. I can't do that. So I'm presuming your mum would have been able to because I went to the opera festival in Verona it was like my only mm. opera story that I've ever had mm. but I, mean, I just remember sort of sitting there like about a mile from the stage and being able to hear this unamplified woman yeah. and could just go and that's superhuman to me I have no mm. idea how you do it but presumably like an opera singer can do that well, that, that, well, that that's why you train for years and years. Yeah, you know this like, this I, this right. idea that, that you know your sort of Catherine Jenkins type of singer is an opera singer. Yeah, it's just bollocks. Right, because an opera singer. D- the definition of an opera singer should be somebody who sings an opera in an opera house without a microphone over an orchestra. Yeah. Somebody who sings operatic arias into a microphone mm. over an orchestra, that yeah. isn't, that you can sing opera, yeah. you can make it sound nice, but you're singing to a microphone, it isn't an opera singer. People train for years and years and years so that people stood in the gods mm. right at the very back can hear the softest, quietest note yeah. over an orchestra. Well, that's what I'm and saying. In, in Verona, it's a, you know, it's a coliseum. It's like made of stone and you, you sit back and you, know, you, pay, you pay very small amounts to sit on the stone steps right at the back and you're so far from that stage. I mean, it's a football stadium away and you can hear every note. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's some quiet of, in your ear. But it's, some yeah. of them, depending on the size, I think some of them do have microphones along the front. Um, right, but, but, I mean, but, but the old, one, yeah, it? the old, um, the old opera houses. There were, there were serious Italian men in suits who, no doubt, who, were, who, yeah, who knew yeah. when to put an A and when to put an O at the end. Yeah. They'd, have, they'd have broken something <laughs> yeah. if they yeah. changed it. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, they should shout at Maria Callas, didn't they? If she got yeah. a slight thing wrong. Oh, they can be. I'm vicious. not a massive fan of opera. I, I think that if you're going to go and see an opera, 
it may as well be an old-fashioned one oh. in an old place. I don't. Yeah. I think Preferably modern. I think it's mo- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the modern opera is, in my head, is ridiculous. I just, I just don't like it. The idea of sitting around a kitchen table and going, yeah. "What shall we eat? We will eat this." It's yeah. ridiculous, and it's yeah. also you kind of think, "How much money did you fund for this rubbish?" Mm. Like, really, <laughs> you could be funding something else that is. That has more cultural value. Maybe I'm not saying it doesn't have cultural value, but I just I think like I think, but also I think the idea of becoming upset in an emotional operatic way about something modern doesn't work. People, opera is supposed to be about death and Mm. and horror and and extreme love in a situation that is kind of emotion. Yeah, yeah but, it but, in, but it has to be emotion of its time because it doesn't work otherwise. It seems ridiculous. I went to see um, La Boheme. um, Done, actually sung in English and mm. in in modern dress, um, which it sort of did work, but I didn't like it in English. Oh. I didn't like mm. the fact because because being so interested in lyrics, when you have somebody who's singing the same phrase over and over, it, opera isn't really so much about what they're saying; it's the way that they of say course, it, and it's yeah. the beauty of the voice, which mm. which is. I mean, some people might disagree with me, but for me, it, it is just the beauty of the voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, <coughs> I don't. I'm not really that interested in having you know, like, like hearing somebody sing in English saying the same thing over and over. And I wonder what it's like for for an Italian to actually listen to opera and actually understand every word, uh, whether. Yeah, see, because I'm used to listening to. I mean, I don't listen to a lot of opera, but I'm used to listening to opera in foreign languages that I don't understand, yeah. and therefore I'm not sitting there, sort of going. I suppose I mean, it seems like it's one of those getting into someone else's head things, isn't it? I mean, mm. Italian, because if most European languages are more repetitive by nature than English, because they have just mm. far fewer words. Mm. I mean, English have many more words. The kind of English people are used to hearing. Don't worry about. Wait. Is he there? Yeah. Okay. Hi there. Just a scribble in the box, please. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Thanks. I'm not editing this out. This is just a bit where someone delivers things to the house. I am quite sad that it wasn't Claudio. Claudio. Oh, it wasn't Claudio. It wasn't Claudio from DVD. It was Claudio before. Well, who's this? It's It's Claudio's replacement. Right. Yeah, yeah, I am going to have to edit this. Up. I very rarely listen to opera anyway, because if I'm going to listen to something um, with a, a vocal in it, then I tend to want it to either be the MC5 or or something <laughs> something poetic. Yeah. You know, I don't really tend to listen to um, you know the Sex Pistols or something which you know she's got something mm. going for it, um, which is just like a. A really nice noise, even if the lyrics aren't don't have the greatest depth. If there's a nice electric guitar going on, then I can listen to it. Yeah, it makes everything bearable. I listen yeah, to yeah. a lot of dance music these days. Do you see, I, I, but, I, but, I mean, not... I, I kind of, I was kind of felt very connected with dance music mm. in that when I was at school, you, you listened to indie music, and I didn't really like it. So no. that was the way to meet boys. So I went mm. and stood there for a little mm. while, but. But I like uh, what you say about when the boys, when you were teenagers, go, oh, I, don't, I can't believe you listen to that dance music, go, you should listen to stuff with lyrics like we listen to. You go, yeah, have, have you heard the lyrics? Yeah. I mean, barring a few exceptions, most most of that stuff is crap. And it, like, you're kind of like, the lyrics have nothing in them. And, and at least with dance music, it always felt a bit like they were sort of having a little giggle with you, kind of mm. going, well, we don't need any lyrics, yeah, so we're just going to yeah. say, you've got the love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be fine. Because... 
actually, I, you you felt connected to it in a, in a way that, however pippy sounding, it actually lacked pretension, and that felt yeah. good. That felt like a good thing. Well, see, the thing with me is, when I came back from France in 1983, and having discovered Jack Brown, and just thinking, and still thinking to this day, that it was just the most phenomenal thing I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah. I didn't listen to anything else. Mm. So all of these indie bands that you listen to, I have no idea yeah. probably who any of them are. Neither do I. And never, never <laughs> listened to, to, I never <laughs> listened to the words, but I have to say that the, the indie bands that I listened to prior to that time, yeah. which, would, which were basically the punk bands, yeah. they did have some really good lyrics. You know, people like TV Smith, yeah. who's yeah. still going, you know, yeah. for the adverts. You think when he was writing with the adverts, he was 18, 19 years old, yeah. and he was writing some really, yeah. really good lyrics. Yeah. Really, you know, and, and a, lot, a lot of the punk stuff, even... even the silly punk stuff, like I Am a Dalek and a Neutron mm. Bomb by the Art Attacks. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, but it was still lyrically interesting. Yeah, it it yeah. wasn't sort of deep, but it was funny no, and absolutely. silly. I just think it's this post-Britpop, I think we've kind of just lost lyrics. And lyrics are yeah. a thing which you kind of claim for the credit for without having to do. But even, um, um, I mean, I'm trying to think, Britpop. Um, well, like, so, you know, pulp is like pulp, okay, but, but Oasis doesn't do it for me at all. I, I, don't, I can't I was, get that. I think Oasis, I think Oasis there's a... There's a sort of intersection of, of things happening in Oasis that make them more interesting than they than they mm. sounded to me at the time. And I look back and I kind of see, I think there's something to be said for music which you can have that many people sing. There's an emotion in it that, that is higher than the language the, the language is being used. I think that's I think that's fair to say about Oasis because I think they're very especially Noel. I don't think he thinks he's doing anything more than that. Whereas someone like Damon Albarn, I kind of think he's... I've just slagged him off on this podcast. Yes, I do. yes. Um, well, I think Damon Albarn is thinking, God, I'm so clever. I've, yeah. I've really yeah. summed up the working class experience yeah. there. Like, you you yeah. bloody haven't. No. Yeah. Whereas I think in a way, sort of racist, in a wordless way, have summed it up a lot better than mm. than, than yeah. But I mean, but yeah, Pulp obviously great. But I think really I'm thinking like post-Britpop, these bands that you kind of get sort of 1997 onward and certainly the whole of the last decade. It's all crap. I mean, I can't think of any bands that I don't know personally who I even like. I mean, just. I think all the the weird thing about it is it's not it's not even just crap. It's parody. It's all parody. Like you're not there's there isn't they're not. It's all nostalgia for something else, and that is what's being sold, and that's fine because we kind of we want that still to exist. We want there to be a punk band, so we call them a punk band, but they're not really a punk band, no. and we want them to to have to look the certain way so that we can sell the fashion so that it looks and everyone wants it to be real but it isn't real and underneath it all everyone knows it because when they see a really good new film they all go and see this really yeah. good new film yeah. and they recognize it they recognize that it is good and it is mm. new and it is special but they still want this kind of yeah. they want all this content to still exist and it doesn't exist not really i mean like there's a few of, there's a few people left who write good lyrics it's not, you know. I think I'm so I'm so far out of the loop. No, you're not out of the loop. I'm just saying the loop ain't worth being in. No, yeah. right. just ignore the loop. Forget yeah, the loop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that interested in the loop. I have to yeah, forget the loop. Don't worry yeah. about the loop. Um, the loop is is yeah. dreary yeah. and awful and and moribund. But, it, but it, I mean, it's it's nice. You know, it's like I hear people um, sort of like people slag off stuff like the X Factor as a go you know it's, it's the, the death of modern music and I think it isn't you shouldn't take it so seriously no. it's just something for a, for a family can sit in front of on a Saturday evening you can sit around as a family and you can all have your favourites mm. but it doesn't really matter it doesn't really it changes the charts I think it's but ugly other than, yeah. yes I think yes. it's ugly to encourage oh yeah I don't people... think there's much positive about yeah. it but 
But it's on, 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 on a, no, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not it's worse just, than it's just than, bollocks, than and you just don't listen to it. And it's really not, all, not worth really. getting yeah, angry you know, about it. It's it just comes from someone who was in a contrived band. It's like yeah, you know, indie yeah. band essentially. Yeah. It's not. It's exactly the yeah. same. It's just that you are calling it something else, and it's difficult with the X Factor because what they're doing is they're allowing people to live their dream. And how can you possibly be against that? Yeah. You can't be against that. But what they do is they they tear people to pieces. I mean, it is like it is sort of ancient in that respect. Like they kind of you know that you have to cry and you have to kind of be desperate or really crap, and everyone kind of goes, "Oh yeah. my god!" I've not seen yeah. it. It's yeah. I mean, it's. Kind <laughs> oh, I haven't of... seen it for years. I mean, when I when I used to work in the bookies on Saturdays, I, this, this is going back a long time. I don't know. I don't think it was called the X Factor. Name. It was called something else. Um, yes, yeah, something talent, like that. Yeah, no, something. no, I think it was even before that. Um, and I turned on the telly and there was a girl singing um, singing whatever it was and it was awful it was really flat mm. she had no breath control she was breathing after every other word and I thought oh fuck you know they're going to really destroy this poor girl <laughs> when she finished the song it was um, Simon Cowell Louis Walsh and Sharon Osbourne mm-hmm. and they all, all three of them said like, oh that was brilliant that was amazing <laughs> and then of course it hits you that in fact these are people who know nothing about singing I'm sure they're brilliant managers, they're brilliant marketing, mm. they could sell you any old shit yeah, yeah. because that's, that's their forte. When it comes to the mechanics of singing, singing they know nothing. No. And so they're sitting there judging singers yeah. but not actually knowing anything about the mechanics of singing. Some levels, I mean, it's really, what, what is the market for? The market for songs is people who want something that performs certain basic functions. There's, and there's nothing wrong with that. If all you want is something that moves at a certain speed that you can dance to, it doesn't yeah. matter who's doing it. No, it makes no. no difference whose name is written on it. No. So actually, the X Factor is just, it's kind of this sort of genius way of, of supplying a market that doesn't care with people they don't care about with a little added sheen of emotion on top. But I mean, that's really all it is. And making huge amounts of money. Yes. But the people who get famous no, I think actually, famous for maybe six months at the most and then that's it. That's but I think actually yeah. people are making the money. They're kind of they're not making less money than they were when they didn't have to do that. It's just that now they have to do that because in order to sell something you have to have a story attached to it. Because yeah. it's the only way to add value yeah. to what's essentially a valueless product. Mm. In that the the item the, the item of some, you know, hundred and twenty beats per minute music that you put on to make you dance the value of that due to the huge the easiness with which it's now created has plummeted to zero mm. because just as a basic function of supply and demand in yeah. the economy and the only way to add value is to create the narrative on top of it they're probably yeah. making about the same but they have to now add this narrative I'm doing it for my granddad yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it for yeah. he's, he, he was oh, in the war with and broken leg and he had really, really bad acne as well and um, and he was bald and his wife died it's not whereas previously it was all just you know there was Tesco lasagna yeah. and now you yeah. can't just sell Tesco lasagna yeah. anymore because anyone can make a lasagna so it has to be finest lasagna yeah. finest miserable crying <laughs> dead granddad lasagna and if you don't eat that that's what it is they should, they should really have graves on it shouldn't they on, on the actual cover of it yeah it. yeah Grand should have graves. Granddad not on the died. lasagna. On the, yeah, on the lasagna. Sure, yeah, granddad died for this lasagna. <laughs> dead granddad lasagna. It's not made of dead granddad. It's, it's still made of horse like before, but yeah. it's, it's got dead granddad on it. <laughs> Speaking of people's dead granddads, why don't you like poppies? <laughs> well, well, I suppose, I suppose my, my, my views have changed slightly as I've got older in that I just used to think if you're a poppy, you're an idiot. 
but then I think as you grow old, you actually realise that different people have very different reasons for wearing it, and, yeah. and you can't lump them all in the same. Like, uh, if you're a poppy, therefore you, you're a cretin. But uh, for me personally, if you if you if you accept that the vast majority of of sane human beings would like to see a world where people don't kill each other, then we are both. That's a point. That's common ground. Mm-hmm. So we, we're going along side by side on common ground. We want to have a future where people don't go around killing each other. And then when it comes to wearing a poppy, I go off one way and those people go off in a different way. They think that wearing a poppy is a good way to ensure that it doesn't happen again in the future. And I actually think that wearing a poppy in its own way encourages it. It encourages militarism. On the side of the cenotaph, it says the glorious dead. You can't get away from that. You can't just sort of like go and scrub it out. It's, it is still attributing glory and honour to what are, after all, massive, massive acts of violence. Yeah. And we are teaching our children that this is glorious and honourable. And I think that that is completely wrong. Now, even with something like the Second World War... Mm. Um, which is, you know, sort of thing that, that people would put to me and go, well, then, you know, smart ass, what would you have done in the Second World War? Well, I would have fought. I love the idea of someone calling you, you a smart ass. <laughs> yeah. But you would have, you know, I would have fought because because it is, I, I'm totally against fascism and what Hitler stood for and all that, so you would fight. Yeah. It, you would be unfortunate enough to be alive at a time where you had little choice but to fight. Yeah. And um, and I accept that, that you know... It, as far as I'm concerned, it's just incredibly unlucky. And there are a lot of very, very brave people. But I don't think that setting it up as a glorious and honourable thing that we did, even though we had to do it and we had no choice, I don't think setting it up as being glorious and honourable in the minds of children is a good thing to do. I think that we should still be, as human beings, not as English people or British people, but as human beings, we should be ashamed of the fact that we have to resort every few years to massacring each other and and that that we should we should not implant the idea in the minds of our children that it is ever an okay thing to do even when we have to do it even when we have no choice Mm, but to do it that we should still say this happened a lot of people died but it was not a great thing you know it was not something that we should look back as human beings Mm. with any sort of pride i think that's a well reasoned but it's interesting that's kind of my my argument about torture has always been the same thing is that torture should be illegal even though sometimes you have to torture people because the point of a law isn't to prevent the thing happening for all time the point of a law is to for society to impose a restriction and when you have torture torture is never ever acceptable Mm. and so when people say but what if there's a ticking bomb in New York? What if there's a ticking bomb in New York? Mm. Torture someone, and mm. then you have to answer in court for why you did it. Mm. Yeah. It's very interesting. And you, probably it? have to go to jail you probably have to go to prison yeah. because you need to realise that if you're going to torture something, it's serious enough that you're going to have to go to court and answer yeah. for it. Yeah. And if you then believe that you have to do it to stop a bomb going off in New York City, that's your choice because that's you know because you, the law doesn't say you cannot do it. It says this is the cost. There are so many mindfucks aren't there when it yeah. comes to this sort of thing there's the, we are talking today just a few days after or the day after where it was that, that, that the marine has been found guilty of murdering the taliban yeah right, you've seen that yeah. um and on the one hand you know there's people saying oh, that you shouldn't show any sort of clemency because it is murder at the end of the day but on the other hand you know speaking as somebody who's, who's just said well i've just said about violence mm-hmm. and everything i just feel very sorry for these places you send them out there basically to commit murder they it's are really paid difficult. to commit murder yeah. and then they sort of go but there are rules and regulations when it comes to massacring each yeah. other you can mm-hmm. shoot him when he's over there when you see you're not allowed to shoot him anymore you just think well it, 
you put these people there in, in, in it's incredible in stress it, yeah. and pressure you put them under people shooting at them them shooting at people yeah. and i just think it the, the thing is is that as human beings in a way it's all tied in with the argument i've just given about about the poppies is you put human beings in these positions and then we want to have some sort of honor attached to it Mm. i think well it's too late for that isn't it you you know i I think it's because we went to the thing yesterday in lewis the Mm. local um the remembrance um, remembrance Mm. thing yeah and um it's sort of with local things, when it's not by the cenotaph, when it's not in mm. London, there's something else that's going on there. There's something much more kind of the, local. Well, the difficulty and, I always have with the, the argument is that because you haven't made this argument, which makes it easy for me to talk about. Because if you had, it would have been awkward. <laughs> yeah. um, but I hear often, especially on you know Facebook now, and stuff, mm. you, you get this argument that well, they're using the poppy to justify current wars, and they're using it to dupe the population. And that's an argument I hate because to me I don't believe it's true and I don't think people are that gullible or stupid. And I kind of to them I go, no, they know they know all that. So they know that there's a bullshit element. People mm. generally know they recognise bullshit when they see it. But it is nice for their granddad. And I kind of think, but that I mean, which I don't think is the argument you make. Because I think the argument you make is about children and the cultural. Yes, well, but my argument sort of is tied into that just a little bit. It's like like duping. But duping it's not children, duping. It's but, but you're not talking it's, about duping. You're talking no. about the cultural. Yes, the, the, yes. The, Where it is in the culture, it's, yeah. kind of, it's not. It's not tricky. But, but also, but the, yeah. I, I have to say that that, that uh, it's perhaps a, it's perhaps a, a, a personal sort of problem that I have. But I hate it when people just face the same way. I hate it when people just mm. you know do just yeah. do what you're told. Yeah. And and actually, there's a there's a, um, a point. Is it not that the fact that politicians have to go and stand there once a year? And even if they can't take it, well, you see, I would because they have to walk under that arch that was bombed when they walk into the chamber. Do you know that in in the House House of Commons has the the chamber was bombed in the Second World War, I think, and they got the pieces of the arch and put them back together so that in order to go into the House of Commons to vote for war, you have to walk under something that was destroyed. Right, but things like that. You know, I'm sure it's very rare that someone looks up and goes. Oh, you know what? Yeah. But I think it, I think it happens enough, and I like I like that they have to go and they have to stand by the centre. Th- those people who are responsible to like so that that in the back of their mind they have to do that every year. Yeah, in a way, yes, but in a way, I would prefer it if they didn't. I would prefer it if it was really just a thing about the community and nothing to do with the royal family or the people in power yeah. who right, sully it and family, dirty so. it. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> so, I, I, I would agree with it. Well, actually, I don't care either way. I just don't. They're just nothing to me. I'd like it if they another. didn't have any power. I don't know. I don't care if they exist really. I, I didn't mean, enjoy. But it they, the, unfortunately, in England, in order to do it at all, you would have to chop off their heads because mm. you need a symbol. Mm. But I have remembrance. Works. Yeah, that is true. We'll, we'll yeah. get into that. But yeah. I, uh, on remembrance, don't had it on on the TV and on the BBC he got very embarrassed because he'd misidentified the Countess of Wessex as the Duchess of Gloucester and he, also, and he, said, he said I'm terribly sorry the sun must have been in my eyes because of course that's not the Duchess of yeah. Gloucester. That's the Countess of Weston. I never, just the idea that everyone's home going, oh, yeah. oh you idiot. If this, was, if this was the First World War, we'd take it out and shoot yeah. you. We don't have bloody duchesses yeah. in Wessex. Yeah. It's just the got a countess. Countess is here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I draw, uh, I, I draw a parallel with the two-minute silence with after the tsunami in, um, mm. um, you know, the, the, where a quarter of a million people died. Mm. Um, we had a, a three-minute silence. We're going to have a three-minute <laughs> silence because you, as a nation, you people are so fucking thick. You can't actually sit down and think about it for yourself. We are going to instruct you that on this day, at this mm. time, you are going to keep quiet. For, fuck off, what, my mm. child? Fuck off. Mm-hmm. And it's the, to me, it's the same thing with Poppy Day. So I don't need you mm. to tell me 
that I have to keep quiet and you know and sit still and think about this, that, He's and the other. He's Republican. Just, just do what that, um, <laughs> that little girl did in Lewis yesterday. When they did the silence, because there's always a little girl. She was like, Mummy! Mummy! Yeah. And then she just went, It's bunny time! Well, that should be tied into every remembrance, yeah. every remembrance service across the country every yeah. year. Yeah. Little girl, little bunny girl. time! She'll get older. We'll give her yeah. a basic yeah. ceremonial yeah. thing. Yeah. And yeah. Ceremonial bunny. Hereditary, mate, no. Yeah. Hereditary. Registry bunny. bunny we ought to do some music, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, we probably have been talking for a while. Do you do you want to play first or should we play first? Um, um, uh, no, you you go ahead. I I I need to set up somewhere I can put my lyrics, so I don't have to. Well, think. Okay. But well, what do you want about us? And then, yeah. Yeah. So um, what are we doing this week then? Well, it looks like we're well, doing. Really weekly, I've been talking. Business doing is the appropriate response. Sure. Uh, why not? What? Yes, that's what we're doing. Why are you making faces and waving? Um. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is it something that you can't say in front of Phil? No, no, it's something I can't <laughs> I'm say. I'm leaving the room. Um, yeah, well, let's just keep quiet about it. That one, all right. Yeah. And who asked for that? To, um, well, um, technically, it was two people. <laughs> Okay, well, in that case, because that's something we haven't really thought about, what we do if yeah. two people ask the same yeah. thing. Because we ought to give one of them... We ought to, oh, but how do you choose which one gets a second choice? Well, it is tricky. This hasn't come up before. People pay for, to record... They, not much, but they pay... But now two people have asked for the same song. Ah, but, like, double the thought, money. We've got no system. Yeah, but we have... But, but I feel bad, because... We could just... Sort of, what we could have done is just sort of say, oh, this is for whoever recorded that, asked for that one, and they wouldn't know. But now we have not done that, mm. so we we'll have to... It's a tricksy business. It is tricksy. Well, one of them can have another request. All right. If they want. Okay. But I don't know which one. They have to, whoever, whichever of you emails first of the people who requested this... We could just request. not mention their names at all. And We've already just, done it, though. We haven't mentioned their names. Just say the names now. Mark Wilkins right. and Bastian Epler. Okay. Right, well, one of you, you can race to request another... If either of you request another one, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And if neither Just of you email do, me, juliandelicate at gmail.com. And if neither of you do, we'll pretend you did. Do you want me to do it with that sound? I want you to do it with the... Yeah, fine. <laughs>
dialogue with suspect people. No dialogue with cunts. No submission for consideration. It's unnecessary appropriate response. No dialogue with suspect people. No explanations for the harm and shame. Justifications for the Well, that works acoustically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think when we can good. see each other, we can sing better together as well. With yeah, that, I just read because you have to one. play that, that underneath singing at the end. I've yeah. never practiced that. That's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, rubbing your head and Tommy at yeah. the same time. Yeah, so yeah, I can't do that sort of thing. Because there's one that goes... That one. Which is the lead part, and then I've got to sing the chorus over it, and that took a long time to yeah. get. You know, you're never taking after those pills because you're too clever to be mentally ill. <laughs> no, no, no. But if I if I if I think about it for half a second on stage, I immediately fall to pieces. It's one of these things. No, I can't. It's in I the muscle memory. And really, really keep it. Simple as possible. <laughs> I'll just get somebody well, who, I who did, can play. To did I explain to you earlier about my handy transfer? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm sure I did. There's so many now because we I'm lacking in time. We have writer kicks and gone. You'll love this. Uh, we've got you a grand piano. That you yeah, can play. yeah. And she'll be like, does it have a button? Does it have a button? <laughs> <laughs> have a button? <laughs> it's not all of them, but like yeah. a lot of the newer ones. It, in order to save time, because obviously rehearsals cost yeah. money, and yeah, yeah. and I have to work and. I have the sewing machine table that doubles as a piano table and I can't have them both out at the same time and sometimes you just have to use the transpose yeah, button. Exactly. So yeah. what, what key yeah. is it in? E, right, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> well, that's what's so nice about having a capo, isn't it, on a guitar? Yes. Just, well, that's it. Guitar is all shit. And I like to pretend that it's like, no, I prefer the tone up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm kind of going for the Steve uh, Gailey sort yeah. of thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Do you want to do something as well? Yeah, yeah. Do we need a little time to set up? Or? Well, I just get my guitar out and I'll, um, I'll sort of. I just thought. Let's just pause and have a little edit then. Let's just, yeah. Just, 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 yeah. Okay, so you're going to do one then? I am. I'm going to do a song. Uh, actually, because we spoke a little bit earlier about Jake Thackeray and how he was greatly influenced by um, Georges Brassens. Mm-hmm. And uh, this song is influenced by Georges Brassens. Uh, Georges Brassens wrote a song called La Mauvaise Reputation, Bad Reputation, where he sings about. Um, he says, uh, in my village, I have a bad reputation because he doesn't basically do what everybody else thinks that he should do. Mm. Uh, and uh, this wash. song is... Uh, <laughs> 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 amongst other things. Yeah. Uh, and so this song was inspired by that. Uh, it's called My Own Way. I'm old enough to know my mind. I'm old enough the things that I don't like and my idea of fun And I'm happy in the shadows, I'm not hurting anyone But it just happens to be true, I'm happy in my skin And although my happiness might not be the greatest sin Some people don't like people who don't like joining in So I say thanks for your directions, your guidance and corrections Your little interjections, your views and your inflections let the sheep come out to play Follow if you want to I'll go my own way Now everybody knows a twat Who says they should cheer up But really is it your concern Whether I have a cup that is half full Or half empty Why don't you 
The internet already you seamlessly yeah. rhyme Latin with, with English, ah, which is good. Yeah. Let's, um, there was another bit, there was another bit I was thinking, what I was going to ask a question. Like, let me just look at your lyrics for a second. Uh, where was it? 
He was in the Doctor at the Quorum Est Chorus. Here we are, over here. Yeah, the Foreign Legion, does that still exist? Because yeah. I worry about that. I think it does, yeah, it still exists. Because I don't hear so much people say, I wish to forget, therefore I'm going to join the French Foreign Legion. And I, I, was, I wondered if it had been disbanded. I'm sure or if everyone's age. just forgotten. No, <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> but where is the French Foreign Legion? What are they um, up to? It's, I think it's... Um, oh, sorry, I think it's North Africa. Right, still is. I think so. But, okay. uh, but it, is, it is still, as far as I'm aware, the French Foreign Legion. Yes. So it's still... It is basically mm. something to do with the French army. I just want to know what they're up to. Oh, but then, yeah, want, but then again, I say all, all this these, with all no, these... no knowledge. Somebody will probably... Right, OK. They won't. <laughs> phone in and say... <laughs> there aren't people with less knowledge bollocks. than us. <laughs> 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 it, it, I'd like to think they were better than um, Yeah, no, interesting. OK. I'm going to look that yeah. up and find out all about yeah. the French Foreign Legion yeah. in the next time. Who's our guest next time? Who's our guest? Who's our guest? Um, Don't sing copyrighted songs. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, then we'll be in trouble with Disney. Uh, we Actually, we won't be because they don't Les sue. Carter. Right, we'll tell him all mm. about the French Foreign Agency, what he thinks. Mm. Um, because uh, I was. Did you see that in Disney? There's some people who made a film entirely set in Disneyland and Disney World, um, which they filmed surreptitiously, probably pretending to be tourists, and then released it, and Disney have not sued them. And it's come out, it's in cinemas in America, and we, we've seen it. And it's mm-hmm. like, and the, but Disney have just sort of gone, you know what, we're just not going to mention that, and uh, hope don't want to give it any more publicity, but they've gotten away with it, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's incredibly graceful as well. I think, I mean, well, I, 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 know, I think possibly they just don't want to draw attention to it. Maybe, but I think that, I, I think that is what you should do in a way, especially if it's, you know, if it's art that is. Well, I think everyone was just but, assuming, you know, these big corporations, they always say there's yeah. no reason for them to do anything other. And I think everyone's just been taken by surprise that these people, but, they were but, like, they'd made the film, edited the film, and they were like, okay, we're, we're going to release does, the does film. But does this film in any way sort of like diminish or yes, stagger? Yes, really. It's a, basically, it's a, it's a kind of Lynchian horror flick about how a guy is kind of driven mad at Disney World while on holiday and is sort of dragged into a into a weird underworld and then it's very unclear what happens because as I say it's quite David Lynchy. I mean it's a bit derivative from David Lynchy, to be honest I mean like it's not the greatest film in the world but you know the fact that it exists is yeah. amazing mm. but and I think it's I think, a very unsettling film like it's very unsettling it's got Escape from Tomorrow it's definitely on the internet yeah. but I think mm. you, as it goes on I think they must have just gone well okay well we'll announce it's theatrical release then see if they sue us yeah. still haven't alright well, we'll put it on iTunes and stuff Still haven't been sued. This is brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was I. I wonder if they left themselves open to now a rash of films set in Disneyland. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I think they did it all, but they sort of dressed up as tourists and things, and so they mm. were like filming with. Yeah. Because obviously everyone's filming yeah. with the camera. Yeah. Disney, so, like, they kind of did it, and then. Yeah, I think someone gets like beheaded on Big Thunder Mountain in the film and stuff. Mm. And it's, you know, it's not in any way a nice. No. Yeah. No. It's a good idea, though, isn't it? A really good idea. I wish mm. I'd had it. Mm. Yeah. One of, those film, one of those ideas where you just go, oh, you bastard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like um, everyone says about Ed Burns' Lonis Morissette routine, and every stand-up, every stand-up in the country was like, why didn't I? Yeah, yeah. It's so easy. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. You just have to read the song out, really, yeah. don't you? Yeah. 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 For like half an hour, just read the song yeah. out. People yeah. love. Yeah. Home. Yeah. Hey, home. Here's a question. We're nearly getting to the end of this, I think. If people wish to give you money in exchange for. For the goods. art you have made, how can they do that? They can go to my website at jays.com, J E A Y S.com, and buy CDs. CDs, none of this download shit. 
Uh, that, um, there's one. Uh, oh, well, there's one on your website. This on. Oh yeah, corporate records. You yes. can go to corporate records and download. Yes, I can't remember what's on there. Yes, but buy somewhere. CDs. You prefer it if they bought CDs. Have you got an attic like ours that is very uh, yes. CDs? Yes, I've got <laughs> CDs everywhere. And I'm going to be making another CD. Sort of, I will be doing it sometime in the new year. So that would be. And yes, so people more. should keep an eye on jays.com. Yes, yes, yes. Go to jays.com and and uh, put yourself on the mailing list. Should we, I'm trying to think which one I would recommend. Well, I usually recommend um, Cupid is a Drunkard. I think that's the first one because I got because you recommended it to me. Yeah, and because I, the, the October one is now out. Oh, the I, very I was, first I one is out of, out of print. Yeah. But it, well, that what was, is Ruben Garcia on? Is that on Cupid's Drunkard? No, that's, that's on, called the Ballad of Ruben yeah, Garcia. Oh, yeah, like but that's, um, um, I remember because the reason I, I... I remember the first time I saw you, I was sitting in the wings of an empty theatre in Hastings yes, maybe yes or yeah, Hastings or Bexhill one of those little seaside towns wasn't it the, the, yeah, the, the, it was the cinema wasn't it sort of cinema type thing seating it was one of those things where they've got because Hastings has got all those beautiful venues that no one ever attends or goes yeah. to which they let go for like practically nothing to local promoters because yeah. they don't know what to do with them because people in Hastings I don't I'm, have I said about, in, about my favourite local news story ever on the podcast I don't think so not yet it was when they because in Hastings they've got this um, it was a car park it was a derelict piece of land which was being used as a car park and they built this new art gallery very beautiful art gallery that you know is it's a lovely white cube and it's it, it, it didn't replace anything it didn't replace like a school it replaced mm. a derelict piece of ground yeah. right and in Hastings, they were just angry and cross. <laughs> they just we don't want that. And the man in the uh, in, on the news, he went into a like chip shop and found the bloke. And was like, "It's like, so what do you think about this art gallery in Hastings?" The man looked livid, and he goes, "And he goes, well, well, they might go in for that sort of thing." And then he paused, trying to think of the classiest, most snobbish, like despicably up up itself place he could think of. He goes, "They might have, they might go in for that sort of thing in." Eastbourne, yeah. <laughs> and then he thought we bought, and then like this extra level of rage came into us, and he went, "All right." <laughs> but Hastings, yeah, yeah. more of a kiss me quick sort yeah. of town. Yeah. Right? Don't want a fucking art yeah. gallery. No, get rid of it. Arts, yeah. um, so there is that issue with Hastings, but they, you know, nice venues that you could have. And I remember, mm. so I was sitting in the wings watching you, being very deeply moved by it. And I mm. thought you were brilliant. And I think you, I think you were just playing Mr. J's for the first yeah, tour. You were yeah. playing that, and it was a, it's a great song. And that's on that. That's called that's Mr. J's. Mr. J's. That's on the Mr. J's. So buy all the albums, buy all yeah. apart from October, which you can't buy. But buy so, all the so, others. But, you know that I don't. I pretty much the reason I don't listen to um, the Divine Comedy anymore is because of you. That's that's flattery. I don't know what to say about yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't. So if you like the Divine Comedy, yeah. buy Phil's albums. Yeah. Phillips albums. I do. However, if you're buying, if you're buying his albums, call him yeah, Philip. Philip. And yes. then do, and then they will ruin them for you, and that will be good because your life will be better. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to play another new one. I am. I'm going to do a new one. I need to find my water first. Um, what is the song called? Well, it's actually called High Windows, uh, which is uh, obviously a, 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 also a poem and a collection of poems by Philip Larkin. And um, I just uh, I came up with the line, uh, "Watching from high windows." Um, which is the opening line, and then I suddenly thought, "Oh shit, no, that's actually." <laughs> but he doesn't say "watching from high windows," but but the high windows. Thing, and then I thought, "Well, fuck it, why not?" Other people do high windows. Well, yes, yeah, so you used to be yeah. in a band called Endgame when she was a teenager. Didn't yeah. know Samuel Beckett had written no. a play called that. She just and everyone was going, "Oh, yeah, Beckett," and she'd be like, "Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have, have you seen the play? No. It's, oh, it's a fantastic I'm not a massive play. Beckett fan, oh, yeah. I, have to say. I, I, I don't really like that stuff. I think it's the only Beckett play that I've seen um, because uh, um, Lee Evans 
was in it, okay. and they used to know him. Right. He used to go from doing the circuit, and Michael Gambon was in it, right. and uh, what's the name? The woman who was in um, the royal family, the old woman, the uh, oh uh, yes, uh, Liz, 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 somebody or other. Yeah, and so it's and there's only three people in it um, for most of it, and uh, it's brilliant. I really, really, really liked no, it. I like I it. It. It's Simon likes it. I have real difficulty with it. I just it's, I find it very well. I, I I don't know it about all of them. Yeah, I know. It's, I know. It's I don't know about the others, but I think I find that one quite accessible because it's yeah. it's there's the, there are laughs in it, oh, and maybe because Lee Evans was doing it as well. I saw yeah. Waiting for God. I was as a teenager, I've never and it was seen. the most. Well, I've seen it a couple of times. I've seen mm. it done brilliantly. Um, as a teenager, I went to see. This is a really awkward stories to tell in public but I'm going to try and get through it but, so I was 15 and with a bunch of 15 year olds from school and most of the people in the audience were school visits and it was being performed entirely by people with advanced cerebral palsy right now that's quite a good idea definitely if you want funding that's a really good idea but I was 15, so was everyone else in the audience yeah. and like, it was quite a lot of draw and quite a lot yeah. of, and it's just like because there is that thing of because the, the line as written is everyone knows the let's go we can't why not we're waiting for Godot and everyone yeah. forgets that the line after that as written is R A H exclamation mark mm. if you're 15 and loads of people with cerebral palsy are doing that every 10 minutes you can't it's just awful it was it, was, yeah. it didn't it, I think I looked where they were going with it but it was it doesn't sound like it's um, um <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad now, but at the time I was fifteen. I didn't feel bad about stuff. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing, and neither did anyone else. No, they should have. They should have done it for a different audience. And pro- probably not. Probably not the best way to see it for the first time. Well, I, I think I think I'd read it and then I seen mm. it. Get, I saw it since at like somewhere really good and like with with really good um, sort of. I can't remember which actors, but they were actors who you'd know the names of. Mm. Names. And I've, I think I've seen it again since then, and it was even better. And it is a great, you know, it's a great play, but. There was that was the I think I think it did I think actually I think it worked and I think that's because they are kind of like they're permanently mm. outcast which is true and yeah, terrible yeah. and it was like they have the kind of when Lucky comes in and there's that very sort of long stream of consciousness bit in the middle and that that all sort of works and like conceptually that was a really good idea just don't let any school groups yeah in. yeah yeah I think yeah. I've gone round that yeah I might cut all that out <laughs> 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 what I'm saying is as a, as a 35 year old man. I would have appreciated that. Yeah, as yeah. A 50, yeah. Well, you probably expre- you probably appreciate the experience that you had as a fifteen-year-old. No, yeah, I just feel bad about yeah, it because yeah. there was quite a lot of inappropriate laughing. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, you know, I'm sorry if, you, if any of you are listening. But you're not. <laughs> You've probably been scarred for life. You don't yeah. listen to things anymore. No. You just sit there going, "Fucking world," yeah. sending your kids to laugh yeah. at me fucking, inappropriately. Fucking God, don't ruin my life. Yeah, and you still haven't. Um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I shall. Um, I shall give it a go. Okay. I might. Uh, I might need um, more than one attempt, but hopefully, I'll remember the chords. And having the words in front of me should help. <laughs> Don't right. have to admit to that on the podcast. Yeah, I haven't got the words in front of me. No, but he doesn't. He does not have those in front of him. No, I've got the right sort of thing. Watching from high windows will be my likely end A tin of peaches Sundays A funeral now and then When every cough and splutter will sound a trigger pull Till the spin and click of years shall find the chamber full Till then, however Every moment 
shared a cafe creme, not watching us, not seeing them. Beneath December skies, we struggled with goodbye, still trying to pretend we'd meet again. By post or milk or keys, I will still remember fate shifting like quicksand. My words, clumsy as crayons, held in a child's hand. Your voice that cracked and faltered, my love. Understand, and as young lovers shared a cafe creme, not watching us, not seeing them, with tears in our eyes, we told each other lies. You said it's for the best, and I said. When I was young, ask them and they'll tell you I could have been someone, or maybe someone better, or just someone better cast. But folding time has creases that hold us to our past. These dreams of untapped blood. Like blisters trapped in glass, and as young lovers shared a cafe creme, not watching us, not seeing them. When I tried to leave, you reached and held my sleeve. And when I took your hand, you turned. Time, wonderful. <laughs> well, that's it, I think, pretty much. It seems to be doing this thing because we kind of got this backlog and we end up releasing things that are like topical. So we're just talking about Remembrance Day yeah, and stuff. Yeah. On, and right, because right now that's really topical. Because yeah. like yesterday, when this goes out, yeah, it'll be like. But and I was thinking maybe we should kind of put release this one straight away and then put the others that are in the backlog that are less topical. But actually, no, I like the way that it's uh, it's like bogey news from Fungus the Bogeyman. Where it is, they only tell the news a year later, and then <laughs> but so they can't actually upset anyone. And I think yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah. We'll, we'll, in, we'll do all that controversies, but once yeah. everyone's forgotten about it, and then then we won't have to deal with the internet and people talking. Or, about s- or save it for a year. Well, no, because that was yeah. But you know, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. Very much thank you coming. very much. Philip Jay's Check out the website Jay's dot com. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And. Goodbye from me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not as catchy as the two ones, isn't it? That's the end. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.